Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for April 20th, 2022. The Fed raised interest rates for the first time in 40 years last month, with the expectation to raise rates again at their next meeting in May. How high could they go? And long-term rates have moved up significantly as well. How high could they go? Nationwide's chief economist, David Burson, and senior economist, Ben Ayers, provide their outlook on interest rates for the months and the years ahead, and the impacts it could have, both positive and negative. And now, here's Ben Ayers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about interest rates. We've seen pretty big move up in rates across the curve. You know, much of the focus has been on shorter term rates as far as where is the Fed going to go with policy? Are they going to institute a 50 basis point rate hike in May? What what do we see on the short end of the curve? But we've seen a pretty big run up on longer rates as well. David, can you just walk us through what's happening and, and really also what's helping to drive up long term rates after we've had such low rates over the past couple of years? Sure. Well, let's start with short term rates. So, excuse me. And the reason I say that is when you think about long-term rates, there, there are a number of things that drive them. But one of the big things that drives long-term rates is the expectation for where short-term rates are going to go. And short-term rates are determined in large part by what the Fed does. And you know the reason that, that short-term rates help determine where long-term rates are going to go is, let, let's just say that you've got a, a 10-year investment horizon. You want a very safe investment. So you can buy a 10-year treasury note, and presumably the chances of that not being paid are, are zero. Uh, or you could buy a one-year treasury and just roll it over nine times. Well, one-year treasury note yields are pushed around a lot by Fed policy, federal funds rate. So if, if you think that the Fed's going to be tightening monetary policy and you know the, the rate on that one-year treasury is going to go up, you're probably going to want a higher yield on the 10-year. So it does affect long-term rates. And the same thing is true. If you think the Fed's going to ease policy, short-term rates are going to go down. Then um, long-term rates will go down as well. So what do we think about short-term rates? Well, the Fed is going to tighten monetary policy. They're going to tighten it a lot. The question is how much and how soon. Uh, I think it, it's pretty likely at this point that the Fed will, will tighten by half a percentage point at the May meeting, perhaps again at the June meeting. And in, in June, we'll, we'll get new forecasts from the Fed on where they think they will move interest rates to at the short end, uh, at the end of this year and the end of next year. Right now, financial markets are looking for a number of Fed tightenings this year and, and short-term rates, the federal funds rate, which uh, the bottom end of its range is currently at a quarter of a percentage point, just 25 basis points, to move up by perhaps another 200 basis points, maybe it's had more by the end of the year. So by year end, we could see the federal funds rate at two, two and a, maybe two and a quarter percent. It's a pretty big increase in one year. And it, it's especially big at the start of a tightening cycle. Often the Fed will tighten and, and sort of dip their toe into it at the beginning. And then if inflation doesn't behave, then they tighten by more. But this might be the first time where the Fed just jumps in the deep end and starts tightening significantly pretty much right from the beginning. And, and that's certainly a big reason why long-term rates have gone up. 
you know, if you look, for example, at, at the 10-year Treasury, you know, earlier this year, you know, beginning of the year, it was well under 2%. It was you know, like 1.6% at the beginning of the year, 1.5% in the last year. And yesterday, the 10-year Treasury closed over 2.9. So a substantial run-up in long-term rates as well. Part of it is the expectation of Fed tightening. Part of it is also uh, the run-up in inflation and, and expected inflation. You know, when, when you buy a longer, when you buy any debt instrument, you're loaning whoever's selling that debt instrument to you money. So if you buy a 10-year treasury, you're loaning the U.S. government money for 10 years. And you'd really like to get your money back in purchasing power terms that allow you to purchase more, not purchase less. So if you expect inflation to go up, then you want that reflected in the yield you're going to get when you loan the money. So another reason why treasuries have gone up. And then the third thing that affects longer-term interest rates is just supply and demand. Well, we know that the Fed is going to stop quantitative easing, and they've already done that. Will they start to go to quantitative tightening where they start letting their balance sheet run off? Almost certainly, yes. So there's less demand for longer-term treasuries from the Fed. On the other hand, the federal government budget deficit, while still highly in the negative category, is down a lot from last year because the economy is growing so well. So the federal government is borrowing a lot less. It is selling many fewer treasury instruments into the market. The net there is probably that um, the supply uh, has gone down, but perhaps the demand's going down even more, which is perhaps putting a little downward pressure on long-term rates. The net effect is long-term rates, again, look at the 10-year treasury, up a lot, but not as much as short-term rates have gone up and not as much perhaps as near-term inflation expectations have gone up. Thanks, David. I think you've walked through you know, many of the things that are helping to drive rates up. And you know, I think as long as those inflation expectations remain high, as long as we continue to see some upward pressure, particularly from the Fed, we, we will see these higher level rates. But I will point out that we've been here before several times over the last cycle. We've, we've seen the 10-year get up to above 3% in, in 2013, then it fell away and came back down um, in 2018. So you're talking you know, full year and a half ahead of the pandemic. We saw a peak in the 10-year you know, above 3% again, and then it fell away. What are the, the downside risks when we look at this? Do, do we really see it being different this time and remaining at the levels that they are now? Or are there things that could change over the next year that might cause those rates to pull back? Or another way to phrase it, has the market got ahead of itself? Or are we, are we seeing a big reaction up front and maybe some of the follow-through won't be quite there from either the Fed or from inflation expectation over the next year that could cause rates to actually come back down from where they are right now? You know, we have we've said for a long time that uh, we're in a longer, lower for longer environment for interest rates. And yes, interest rates are back up. So the 10 years near 3%. It was there at the end of 2018, which wasn't that long ago um, and was certainly part of the lower for longer period. You know, and, and it was that high in you know 2014. It was that high in, in 2012. And then all the years earlier than that, into the 60s. So if you go back to the 60s even, when inflation was low, the 
budget deficits were much smaller. Interest rates at the long end were still higher than they are now. So even with the 10-year close to 3%, it still fits in with our view of, of lower for longer. And rates can, can certainly go higher than, than they are right now. You know, if you take the Fed buying out, that probably by itself would push the 10-year up to around 3%. Uh, if inflation stays high, now we think it will will come down modestly by year end. And, and what matters, of course, for longer-term interest rates is not the inflation rate over the next year, but the inflation ex- expectations over 10 years. And, and that's moved up some, but it's still under 3%. So there is room for long-term rates to move higher, uh, to move over 3%. It's perhaps moved more quickly than we would have expected. I don't know that it will necessarily go down a lot, but it may not have much more room to go up if significant Fed tightening is already priced into the market. You know, if financial markets expect the Fed to bring the federal funds rate up to over 2% by the end of this year, over 3% by the end of next year, and that's in the forward market today, then that should be reflected pretty much in the yield in the 10-year already. Now, the 10-year could go higher if the Fed has to tighten by more than that. If it has to go to 4% or 5%, that's definitely not priced in the market. Or if inflation stays much higher than we think, you know, rather than you know, the 10-year expectation of you know, 2.7% or so for a 10-year expected inflation, if it goes to 3, 3.5 or 4, again, unexpected today, that could allow the 10-year to move up significantly more than it is now. But right now, the market's not pricing in those sorts of events. And if they don't happen, and we don't think they will, then we probably won't see the 10-year move much above where it is right now, you know, unless those underlying conditions change. You know, I think a, a natural other discussion point is the yield curve. And, you know, been in the news a lot recently, as we saw a very brief, only a couple-day inversion of the two and the 10-year Treasury notes. It's it's widened out the spread uh, in the recent weeks, so we're still sitting about 30 to 35 basis points spread there, so not showing a, a recession risk at this point. But, you know, David, we tend to look more at the, the shorter versus the long end, so maybe a three-month to a 10-year or a Fed funds to a 10-year. You know, looking at the prospective paths from financial markets, they expect that the the federal funds rate will be over two by the end of the year and maybe up to three by the end of 2023. If what you just said that, you know, the 10 year maybe has a little bit of upside, but maybe it's capped about that low three to right about 3%, that means potential inversion over the course of 2023. What's our outlook there? And obviously what are the key things we're looking at is obviously that Yield curve inversion has been our best indicator of when that outright downturn will happen about a year to two after that. You know, there are lots of yield curves that, that people look at. I know financial markets like to look at the, the 10-2 spread, the, the spread between the, the 10-year Treasury note and the two-year Treasury note. Uh, I think uh, the comparison to a two-year is not as good as something shorter term. So whether it's three-month or one-month or Fed funds, you get a better view of actual Fed policy by looking at that. And that's what ultimately drives whether the economy is going to grow or not. If you look at the the spread between the 10-year and the three-month, it's over 200 basis points right now. It's pretty high. Now, if you look at it over, say, from from the early 1980s, you know, the median 
has been less than it is now. So the yield curve between the three month and the 10 year is steeper than normal right now. Now, some of that period, there were leads into recession and, and that spread got negative. And, and that's why the median is as low as you know, over that period of time, uh, a little under 2%. But right now, it's certainly not flashing recession. But if the Fed tightens significantly, you know, if we see Fed funds at, at two and a quarter, two and a half by the end of this year, that's going to push the three month treasury up. It'll probably be in that neighborhood as well, maybe just a tad higher. Um, but the 10 year, let's say, is at three, um, doesn't move down much from here, maybe it moves up a, a little bit from here. It still leaves an upward sloping yield curve by the end of this year. But it, it's concerning when it's that spread is that narrow. And then by the end of next year, if in fact we see Fed funds at three, three and a quarter, three and a half, you know, now we're starting to get into territory where it could be pretty close to where the 10 year is um, and perhaps inverted a little bit from a very short term rate to a long rate. And that is clearly has historically clearly been a leading indicator of a recession. Now, those recessions tend to come after you get the inverted yield curve. So, you know, eight months later, 12 months later, 16 months later, let's say on average about 12 months later. So if later in 2023, maybe by year end, we, we get that inversion of the yield curve between Fed funds in the 10 year and the three month in the 10 year, what that's telling us is that we could see a downturn perhaps by the end of 2024. So certainly the risks are there. I think the risk of a downturn this year are pretty low. But, but they go up next year and they go up the more the Fed tightens this year and the flatter the yield curve becomes this year, then the, the higher the risk of a downturn next year. And then the same thing next year, the more the Fed tightens next year and the greater the chance of an inverted yield curve next year, then the greater the possibility of a downturn for the economy about a year later or in 2024. So, you know, the risk of a downturn by 2024 or in 2024 is is certainly not a unity, not even close to 100%. But could it be over 50%? Well, you're getting pretty close to that as you get out to 2024. So I think there is certainly a risk of a yield curve inversion, even a modest one, by the end of next year, which would be a, a red flashing signal for the economy in 2024. Certainly not, a, a, you know, not certain, but the risk goes up. Ben, let me let me ask you a question, because another important thing that we look at with interest rates is, is spreads. You know, we, we've talked about riskless interest rates here with the treasuries and presumably the, the treasury's always going to pay what they owe. Um, that's not always true for other interest rates. When you buy a corporate bond, for example, you're loaning money to that corporation and some are better credit risks than others. You know, we, we look at, at uh, credit worthy firms and we look at, at firms that are less credit worthy. What, what can you tell us about what's going on with spreads there? And, and did those spreads tell us anything additionally about the uh, potential for downturn in the economy? Sure. We, you know, we've seen corporate spreads across the board, just as we've seen interest rates across the board climb relatively sharply over the last couple of months. Um, but really only modestly more than we've seen 
in on the on the say the 10 year or the 30 year treasury rate so when you look at those spreads you know you think about a corporate triple b spread relative to the 10 year treasury note it's widened it's widened a little bit especially given much of the risk off trade that we've seen in equity markets but still relatively tight um, they're not as tight as they've been. I think that was one of the stories over the, you know, the early stage of this expansion was really how tight spreads were and historically tight. They, they've widened out a little bit, but still nowhere near the spikes that we've seen during prior periods of volatility in markets. And I think certainly hearkening back to what you've already alluded to, that despite the risks and despite some of the concerns about what could happen with the Fed policy over the next couple of years, the near-term recession risk is pretty low. We're not seeing a spike in corporate rates that would indicate a, a, the market is expecting a downturn. Um, certainly over the next year, year and a half, the risk remains pretty low. Obviously, these things can switch very quickly. We've seen it in the past where corporate spreads have spiked out as we've seen you know, kind of an onset of a recession. But agreeing with what we're seeing both from the yield curve, um, both from many economic indicators, if you look at the year-over-year -year change in the index for leading economic indicators, that's still highly positive. And so all signs point to little to no recession risk over the next year or two. Um, but as you get a little further out, and especially if the Fed does follow through with the amount of tightening that they say they are going to, you, you see those recession risks increasing over next year and likely into 2024 as well. You know, it's interesting if you look at the spread between high yield corporate debt i call them junk bonds and in the 10-year treasury um those yields are still relatively low historically um, and certainly have not risen the way we would expect them to rise if the market expects a downturn in the economy and and as a result um, those companies that sell junk bonds the high yield debt would have a tougher time making their payments and that's why um, the uh, the high yield rates go up and the spread goes up relative to treasuries we're simply not seeing that now i mean it could be that that markets are are just wrong um and that things are worse than, than markets expect um but you know markets look at everything they, they tend to be relatively smart they know what's going on and they're not seeing the uh the risk to high yield corporate debt right now and certainly not with uh investment grade corporate debt relative to treasuries and as you note that has been a, a another pretty good leading indicator of problems in financial markets that tend to correlate with uh, with recessions. So I think we're about out of time today. So Ben, thank you. I think it was a good discussion. I'd like to thank our uh, our listeners for joining us today. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.